Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Oscar Wilde. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the All Around Growth Podcast. Today is October 8th, I believe, 2020. Yep, it's October 8th, 2020, and this is episode 8 of the All Around Growth Podcast. Today we're going to talk about spirituality, and in order to prime the proverbial pump, we're going to read a passage from a daily meditation book called 365 Tao. And October 8th is the 281st day of the year. And on this day, we read about uncarved. And then we have the symbol for uncarved. Once a statue is finished, it is too late to change the arms. Only with a virgin block are there possibilities. And in this meditation book, we have a small poetic stanza, if you will, and then some reflections by the author, whose name is Dengming Dao. It is not easy to raise a child. You have to set an example all the time. Sometimes it is important for both child and guardian to understand that a child should not do certain things that the adult does. This is not hypocrisy. It is wisdom. There was once a child who responded to his father's admonitions by saying, You do the same things. The father took his son to the carver of temple figures. In the yard were great blocks of camphor and rosewood. Inside the studios were deities in various stages of completion from gods still with fresh chisel marks to brightly painted and gilded masterpieces. I am older than you, said the father, so I am more like one of these finished statues. I have my accomplishments and I have my faults. Once this figure has been carved, we cannot change the position of its arms. But you, my son, are like the pieces of wood in the yard, still to take shape. I do not want you to have the same faults as I do, so I do not let you do certain things. Look at me. Yes, you say I still do certain things, but doesn't that show you how hard it is to undo a mistake once it is carved into you? Don't copy me and don't make the same mistakes that I did. Only then will you become more beautiful than I. So, I'm not entirely sure how relevant that quote is this morning. Other than the fact that periodically I read from this book and I have been doing so for probably 20 years. I've owned this book for the bulk of my adult life. And Taoism has been an integral part of my spiritual life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. A little 
off-the-cuff spiritual discussion based on some feedback from Andrew Hughes. And Andrew, I appreciate you chiming in and suggesting this as a topic because it's, well, it's a big part of my life. I suggest, I mean, I suppose that it's a big part of yours as well. And most likely it's a big part of everyone else's life out there as well. And spirituality is, for me, it's, a, it's been a challenging thing. Um, I was raised, I was born and raised Roman Catholic in a Roman Catholic family. I was the oldest of three siblings and my father was the oldest of five. And he was born into a Roman Catholic family. My grandfather was a devout Catholic and that's just how it was. Um, we, we, we weren't simply Christmas Easter Catholics either. My parents were very involved in the church and they were very involved in our lives, period. And we would go to church every Sunday. My parents, I don't know if they always sang in the choir, but I know that for a long time they did because many of the memories that I have and I suspect my brother and sister have as well are from us being up in the choir loft in the old church at St. Raphael's in Bay Village, Ohio where we would look down upon the church and those memories were memories are beautiful. A lot of the old hymns, a lot of the old church hymns, they, they stuck with me. But yet, as I grew older and became a teenager, the structure the hierarchy, the way in which the church operated was something that I really grew to hate. And I hated it because I didn't understand it. And no one would explain it to me. No one seemed to want to talk about the blind faith that we all engaged in by participating in the church and not questioning things. Now, there were good things that happened. For example, during the process of confirmation, the priest at that time, Father Nelson Callahan, encouraged us all to reflect on our lives. And in his mind, reflection involved, whoopsies, almost rolled through the stop sign and in an area where there are very few cars, there is one this morning. But that process of reflection involved thinking about what you're thinking about 
what you're thinking about. And that's something that's stuck with me to this day. And despite the fact that I pushed back through my Roman Catholic upbringing, pushed back against my parents, I, or they, rather, they told me that as long as I lived under their roof and, and uh, that I was going to go to church, or at least until I was an adult, until I turned 18. And that's what I did. And, you know, shortly after I turned 18, I stopped going to church and I started rebelling even further. And those are stories, those are other stories for other times. And during my late teens, during my early college years, I simply stopped going to church altogether. As I continued moving forward and moving on with my life, I moved around a whole lot. And oftentimes during these moves, I would find myself being drawn back to the church for whatever reason. Especially when I settled back down and what, for whatever reason moved back to Ohio. Um, which generally involved some sort of hardship. Um, having epilepsy, I experienced a number of dramatic events. Pretty severe car accidents and things like that. And I would oftentimes come back here to regroup, work at the old nursery, where I found my love of the green industry before moving on and doing something different in life, living someplace else in life. And during my early 20s and my mid-20s, I, again, felt compelled to fill some sort of void that I felt like I had inside me. And I went back to church. Of course, I did the proverbial exploration of Buddhism like so many of us do in our youth. But the problem was there were no real, you know, Buddhist, uh, I, I don't know, temples or, or actually even ways in which I could study and I wanted to do so with people because that was something that I was accustomed to doing in the church was engaging with people that's something that I think is important when it comes to spirituality is engaging with people because as humans homo sapiens sapiens we are mentally capable of much more than our other bipedal hominid friends, if you will. So social interaction and engagement with one another is a vital component of spirituality and life, in my opinion. Now, the reason I went to that book, 365 Tao, is 
Taoism, along with Buddhism and Confucianism, those were three components of the Eastern philosophy or philosophies that I began to explore at a very young age when I wasn't going to participate in the church. And the reason I went down those roads, or that road in particular with the exploration of Eastern philosophy, is because it seemed to be the furthest thing apart or away from Christianity, specifically Catholicism, that I could find. And I wasn't, you know, before I even explored Buddhism further, uh, it just didn't make as much sense to me as Taoism did. And there's two books specifically in Taoism that are the foundation of that. of that, period. I don't, I don't even know what to call it other than Taoism. The Tao Te Ching and um, oh cripes, what's the other one? The other book is written by Chuang Tzu C-H-A-U N-G dash T-Z-U The Huahu Ching, I believe. And I've written far more translations of the Tao Te Ching than I have the um, the other book. I'm drawing a blank. It's obviously it's I have one great translation of it that's pretty well read and dog-eared, but the best copy, the best translation of the Tao Te Ching that I've ever found is one written by Thomas Cleary. And if I get to it in the future I will try to re-listen to this and include some notes in the show notes before this gets out of hand again. But those two books, especially the Tao Te Ching and the translation written by Thomas Cleary, which I stumbled across in my early 20s, were pivotal in my understanding of Taoism. And later in my 20s, I began to go back to the church and I explored all denominations, not all of them, but very many of them, including the Church of Friends, the Quakers. But I had to go far to find some of these different um, denominations and while they were interesting, they didn't really give me the satisfaction that I craved, so to speak. And this continued throughout my 20s, throughout my 30s. I would go to a church. I would actually begin to attend the church. And then something would happen, generally with a person or the pastor or the priest, that some sort of perspective that would just leave me with a sour taste in my mouth and I would leave. I never went through the process of joining a church. However, I did engage in various Bible studies and I read a lot of the Bible 
during those years as well. I think reading a text like the Bible is an important thing to do, as well as touching on other spiritual books and historic religious texts. It's also important to understand that the Bible is merely a compilation of books written by different people in different contexts over the course of many different centuries. And that's just the New Testament. The Old Testament takes that to a completely different level. And so to just passively or randomly quote scripture doesn't really make sense because so many people do and it lacks context and a lot of people who sit around and quote scripture really haven't done a comprehensive study of the Bible and this is why I'm challenged with a lot of people who engage in the practice of religion because I don't really think they understand what it means. I do firmly believe, and this thought has kind of solidified over time, that religion is a mechanism of control. And that's why governments and religion over time and history have collaborated with one another. And um, that's just the fact of the matter. Now, I'm here at work and we're 17 minutes into this podcast this morning, but I feel like I've only scratched the surface of spirituality. And I'm going to wrap this up. But I feel like there's a whole lot more to discuss. And I think what I'll do is I'll publish this episode share it in the Facebook group that we have, and again, there's more to be had with regard to the community that we are building with All Around Growth, and I'll seek your feedback on this, and maybe we'll even go so far as to have Spirituality 2.0 picking up where I left off with this podcast today. So hopefully that sheds a little light on the context of spirituality in my life. And if there are any specific questions that anybody has, I'd encourage you to comment with them and participate in the discussion with me. So that's all I have for today. Again, I'd like to express a bit of gratitude for those of you who are tuning in and listening to this. It matters to me. This is something that I believe in, I feel compelled to do, and I'm grateful for you guys taking the time to listen to me because there's a whole lot of content out there that people are creating, and these are viable moments. Uh, the, the, the competition is, is real. And um, the fact that you are taking the time to listen to this and participate in 
this content creation with me, it's valuable to me and I, I just wanna say thank you. So again, I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to your feedback on this episode and feedback with future episodes. I hope you have a great day and remember to make someone else's day great as well. Life is short. Let's not take it for granted. All right, that's all I've got. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye.